Welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, today is Monday, August 3rd, 2020. I am Chip. I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, you can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also watch us on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And I hope everyone's had a good weekend or had a good weekend. I hope that... Um, the mock draft podcast that I had posted on Saturday was really beneficial. I felt like we're getting to that part of the offseason where we got to start practicing and doing mock drafts. I think mock drafts are super important for you guys to be able to do. It's very important for you to kind of understand where players can get drafted at, you know, players that you can get late. You may have to go early. What kind of runs could, it go, could happen during the draft? I mean, the more practice you get on these drafts, the better off you're going to be. And with that being said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start posting a mock draft every week until the season starts. I think it's super important. I know for me and my fantasy leagues, I will be drafting on Labor Day weekend. So I still have a good month to be able to prepare for the drafts. And, you know, most of us that are in leagues will draft pretty, pretty close to that Labor Day weekend. Because um, in essence, that was supposed to be like usually we all try to plan our drafts after the fourth preseason game. Just because injuries happen, things, you know, things, people get cut. And we just want to make sure that we have every opportunity to be able to have a smooth draft. Um, I know for us, in my, one of my main leagues, we usually draft the first weekend of August. So it's really interesting to see how the draft shapes up for us. Because when we draft so early, we don't know if our players that we draft are going to make it to the actual season. So... Because of COVID, we actually had moved back our draft to Labor Day. So we're not going to worry about any of that because there's not going to be any preseason. Now, there could still be injuries in, injuries in training camp, but that's something we can't predict. But I hope that the mock draft was helpful. And I do apologize for the audio being a little off on the mock draft podcast because I go through my checklist on everything before I record. And for some reason, I just forgot to plug in my microphone. So then... I had to take the audio from the actual YouTube video and post it for the for the podcast. So I do apologize for the audio being a little off. Um, things happen like that, unfortunately. So it's back in order today and everything's working properly. So uh, I appreciate you guys hanging in there and just knowing that it wasn't on purpose. It was just something that I unfortunately was I, I overlooked. But let's head into the news for today. Now, Sony Michelle was placed on the PUP list on Sunday. Now, this was something I referenced in the last episode. I actually avoided drafting Michelle um, in the draft, and I grabbed Damian Harris later on. Uh, If I were you, I would start looking at Damian Harris a little bit. I think that he has to be on people's radar. He has to, you know, be that guy where if Sony Michelle does not make it back by the season start, Damian Harris is a very good back. I think that he could. Everyone thought last year he was going to be a more integral part of the offense with the Patriots, and unfortunately, he wasn't. So I think that Damian Harris is a a good candidate to look for for later on in your drafts. So just kind of look at what's going on with Sony Michelle. And then Jarvis Landry was placed on the active PUP list. Now, he did have hip surgery in the offseason in February. It is reported that he shouldn't miss any time, but it's definitely something that you should monitor Anytime a guy starts the training camp on the PUP list, it's unfortunate because the fact that he is he going to be in football shape when the season starts? Is he actually going to play the first game of the season? Is he going to be missing the first six weeks? Who knows? 
But I do hope that Jarvis Landry does come back in time. So make sure the Cleveland Browns offense is all ready to go for the 2020 season. And then the Colts place T.Y. Hilton on the active NFI list, which means non-football injury list, uh, due to a mild hamstring injury. It sounds like it was just a grade one, which a grade one strain means is a very minor muscle tear. And it's not something that should take too long to recover from. You know, it's about a week if everything goes well. But these things do linger on. Soft tissue injuries are not good to have, especially in the hamstring. We've seen multiple players last year be out for a significant time because of it. You know, Will Fuller comes to mind. We had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, when stuff like this happens, I get really weary of drafting players who have hamstring injuries because I know work I work I've worked with these NFL guys before and I've seen these guys deal with hamstring injuries in the offseason in like March and May when the season was over in December and January for them. So like it's one of those things where it does linger on even in the offseason when I'm even playing. So uh it's a it's a it's a big deal, especially for a wide receiver who has the explosiveness as as T. Y. Hilton and the speed. He needs to make sure that everything's in order. So I hope T.Y. Hilton is able to play all 16 games because he's a very, very good running uh, receiver for Phillip Rivers, and I hope that um, this doesn't linger on too much. And then Matthew Stafford and Gardner Minshew were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, they should obviously be fine. I mean, they're young, healthy athletes. But unfortunately, this is something we're going to be dealing with the whole entire season. Now, they're not going to be the last. They're not going to be the first players or the last players to get COVID. I think... Unfortunately, we are going to have big players get COVID, and we're going to see players that we would never expect miss games, and they these could be big names. I mean, it's unfortunate. We've seen kind of what's going on in, in Major League Baseball where the Miami Marlins, half their team got COVID. And because of that, they had to postpone all their games until all the players were came back negative. And I'm not sure what protocols the MLB is having, but that is that is a bit unfortunate and risky to have players. And I think that some of the reports said that there were players that were positive that still played. So I hope that the NMLB figures it out. I hope that whatever the MLB is not doing, the NFL can do better because I just hope that we, we don't see a lot of that happening with NFL athletes. But they do travel a lot. It's not like what's going on in the NBA. The NBA right now is secluded at the... ESPN, Y World Sports on on Disney World's property. So they have no contact with anybody outside that bubble. So of course they don't have any active cases because there's nobody, they're around the same people. They're all negative. So um, I just hope that we don't see anything postponed throughout the season because of an outbreak for COVID. But uh, it's something that possibly could happen. Who knows how the NFL is going to handle that, but it's something that we definitely need to monitor. And then last Lions wide receiver Dramano Allison opted out of the 2020 season. Once again, another player, um, another player for the Patriots had had opted out as well. So for that, I mean, I think I think Adam Scheffner reported today that they have until Wednesday to for players to be able to opt out of the 2020 season. So there's going to be a lot more that come, you know, throughout the week. So hopefully, um, there's not a lot of hopefully there's not a lot of big names, but. Uh, we, we just don't know until that deadline hits. <clears throat> so with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into my must-have quarterbacks for 2020. Now, this list is a list that I feel like these are the choices for people who have upside and value. These are not players 
that are like the Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jacksons. I mean, those are given players that you're going to draft. Those are must-have quarterbacks if you can get them. But these are, you know, the players I'm about to list are guys that are are fringe QB1, QB2 type players I feel like have that potential to be top 10, top 5 candidates. And with my first quarterback, my first quarterback is Carson Wentz. Now, right now, he's ranked number 10 overall. And actually, last year, he finished the season number 10. You know, the Eagles had the 14th best, they were 14th in total offense. They were 11th in passing offense. And Carson Wentz was fifth overall with passing touchdowns. Now, obviously, Carson Wentz was hindered by lack of receivers due to all the injuries. And also, he was dealing with wide receiver, a wide receiver group that none of them had more than 400 yards on the season. So I do believe with all the weapons he does have around him, he has that potential to do what he was supposed to do last year. Everyone thought he would be the MVP last year. Everyone thought he'd be a top five quarterback last year. That's where he was on average drafted at. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, you know, he does get Deshaun Jackson back. Now, he does lose Alshon Jeffrey for a little bit. He lost Marquise Goodwin for due to COVID-19 uh, opt-out. But they do have Jalen Rager. They just drafted him. So I think he'll be, obviously, I said that in the last podcast that Doug Peterson had mentioned that they're going to use him at the X position. I mean, that'll, that'll be their starting wide receiver position. So I think it's something that we need to monitor that. Um, also, Zach Ertz, he's a beast. He's there. He's Carson Wentz's favorite target. And then you got Dallas Goddard. Like those, those weapons are there. Um, as long as they all stay healthy and Jalen Rager is able to break out this season as a rookie, we usually don't see that every year where rookies break out, but he has the opportunity and the actual, the targets will be there. So hopefully that, that will be the case. Um, and then don't, don't forget they have Miles Sanders as their pass catching running back as well. So I think that with all those things, there's a good chance that Carson Wentz can really have a great season. And he's somebody that you can draft super late. I mean, in the mock draft I did over the weekend, he was the 15th quarterback off the board. And that is crazy to think with all the upside that he has. I know it's just a mock draft on you know going against the computer, but they use algorithms and all that stuff to kind of determine that. And for him to be that late of a quarterback being drafted, that's that's crazy. That's that's crazy value if you're able to get Carson Wentz that late. But we have seen Carson Wentz be a top five quarterback. I mean, the year that he was on that MVP type run, he tore his ACL. He only played 13 games, but he still finished the season as a top five quarterback. And I think that's what that's what Carson Wentz is. I think Carson Wentz is the elite quarterback. And I just think that it's crazy to see players like Daniel Jones and Cam Newton being drafted before him. Now, I'm now basing this on the mock draft that I did, but I know that won't be every case. But is it, it's a good way to kind of gauge see how people you know value other players so Carson Wentz for me is is my my must-have quarterback uh, at least one of them and then my second must-have quarterback I know this sounds like it's a homer pick but it's Tom Brady uh you know his his ranking right now is overall is 11 last year he was the QB 12 now I know the Patriots offense was not the same like it was in the past now based on the Bucks offense you know the Bucks offense was third overall you know, they were first, they were the first passing, you know, they were their first in passing offense. And then Tom Brady was 13th overall in passing touchdown. So yes, Tom Brady was not the elite Tom Brady that we are accustomed to. He did have a down season, but you have to honestly look at what he had around him. He didn't really have the offensive weapons around him. So I can't imagine 
anybody who has those same weapons, you know, do him better with that what he has. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Cam Newton does with this with some of the weapons that are there. Um, but Cam Newton's a different. Obviously, Cam Newton's younger. Cam Newton's a different talent in the sense of he uses he uses legs a lot. So I know that kind of keeps his value where it's at. But I do think that you know with Tom Brady, we did see him tail off a lot in the last few years as the weather gets colder. We always see Tom Brady kind of tail off a little bit. But now he's going to a high-powered passing offense. I mean, having Mike Evans, having Chris Godwin, having Gronk back, having O.J. Howard, having Cameron Bray. I mean, it's hard for me not to think that Tom Brady could have a great season. And he's playing in warm weather the whole entire season. Looking at the, the Bucks roster or the Bucks schedule, they don't play a cold-weather game all season. And I mean, when I mean by cold weather, I mean like, 30 degrees, 20 degrees, like Green Bay or Kansas City or New England, you know, in the in the winter months. So I don't I, I think that that Tom Brady does have potential to be that. I mean, I know I know um, was I was watching NFL Network and Maurice Jones Drew said he could have 55 touchdowns this year. I don't think that's the case, but I think that he can definitely have a very elite season. I mean, if you look at everything, because everyone's kind of basing like what the offense was with Jameis Winston. I mean, the arm talent's still there for Tom Brady. Everyone wants to talk about his arm talent, but if you look at what Winston and Brady did in the comparisons, with throws of 20 yards or more, they both ranked first and completed 41% of their passes. I mean, Brady's average passer rating when he's throwing for more than 20 yards is an average of 106.4 when he's throwing the ball downfield. So his arm is not the issue. His arm is there. So anyone who thinks like Mike Evans' value could go down or Chris Godwin or anything like that, it shows based on the stats last year that he can still throw the ball deep um, and with efficiency. So I don't, I really don't see that, that being an issue for Tom Brady. Um, I do think he's definitely going to be a lock QB one unless there's off some injury, but can he, can he creep into that top five, you know, position? Yeah, I think he can. He's just potential there, you know, but I also think that what will really help that is Ronald Jones. I hope for Ronald Jones sake that he's able to, do like he's been training a lot. He's been really trying to do what he can to be a better running back and, and it'd be a better pass, you know, pass catching running back. So I do think that if Ronald Jones can develop into that type of pass catching running back, I think there's as another dynamic to the offense that the Bucks need. Um, it makes them more dynamic. Now, I do think that obviously when they signed LaShawn McCoy this the, the past or last week, you know, I, I think that that was kind of Brady saying, I need where's I need a James White type player at running back. And I think he looks at LaShawn McCoy as that. You know, Brady loves James White. James White's so relevant in PPR. I don't know if LaShawn McCoy's gonna obviously LaShawn McCoy's not gonna have the same relevance like James White did, but that that's a very interesting signing for the Bucks when they do have Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy. I think a lot of people um, I'm still high on Ronald Jones, but He's not a guy that I want to I want to draft super early. I want to kind of see if he falls to me later on in the draft because, you know, with Kayshawn Vaughn being drafted there, he's a pass catcher running back. Now you have LaShawn McCoy, you know, Ronald Jones. I don't know how that's going to play out. We saw last year on if Peyton Barber had a hot hand, Peyton Barber came in, you know, never came out of the game. Then there's a game where Ronald Jones had a good game. You know, so you can never predict on who was going to be the running back. So I think that's the hardest part for the, for the Bucks is that we're not going to know who we're getting – at any given time so but I do think adding a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield really gives 
the Bucks a huge, you know, a huge advantage and a, a different dynamic um, rather than just trying to pass the ball to all their wide receivers and tight ends. And for my last quarterback for my must-haves of 2020, I have Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield right now has an ECR of 18. Um, last year, he ended the season at QB 20. Now it's obvious that Baker Mayfield had a sophomore slump. He was definitely, definitely overdrafted last year. He was, he had like the, he was a ranking around six last year, and it obviously cost uh, fancy owners. I mean, he had so much potential, like going into the offseason and going into a, a, the offense again with, you know, Freddie Kitchens, that even though Freddie Kitchens became the head coach, he was still in the same offense, Baker Mayfield. And, I don't know. The fact that he just didn't didn't play well last year it was was obviously unfortunate. But I do think that Mayfield bounces back. Now he isn't one of my bounce back players. If you listen to one of the last podcasts, Baker Mayfield's on that list. And look, he has plenty of skill position players around him. You know he, you know he has Ob, you know OBJ. He has Jarvis Landry. He has now. I mean, OBJ and Jarvis Landry had a thousand thousand yard seasons, you know, and OBJ was not healthy. So the fact of the matter is, is that with OBJ not playing to OBJ standards, it can only go up from there. And then you still have David Njoku and then you add Austin Hooper. I mean, Austin Hooper is a great tight end to have. So I know like the Browns are known for being a running team with Nick Chubb. And then you add like Kareem Hunt. But that's going to help Baker Mayfield in play action, right? When they have to respect the running game, they have to, you know, they have to open things up. That has to open things up for Baker Mayfield in the play action game. You know, I know, you know, like I said, the, the, the Browns are a run heavy offense and they did improve their offensive line during free agency and then the draft. But I still can't imagine with all the weapons they have for them not to throw the ball down the field, throw the ball to all their wide receiver weapons and tight end weapons, because it's almost like Kansas City not, you know, not throwing the ball to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey or Sammy Watkins, like, or, or Mikhail Hardman. Like, that's just things where you have the offense around you. You have a dynamic offense around you. So exploit the defense and use them. So I do think that happens this year. I do think that, you know, he, Baker Mayfield last year, he was top 10 in deep throws last year and sixth in red zone attempts so when you look at that he likes pushing the ball downfield which will help rack up fancy points but then also he had a lot of red zone attempts so if those are converted a lot more he has a lot better season and yes did he throw a lot of interceptions last year of course he needs to clean that up but i do think bringing in kevin stavansky as their head coach is going to be huge for baker mayfield i think they're really going to use what baker mayfield knows to do best which is roll out do play action throw the ball downfield. I think that's going to, his offense will cater better to Baker Mayfield. And in my mock draft that I did over the weekend, I mean, I grabbed him at the 12-10. So I'll take that all day for Baker Mayfield. For me to be able to like pack my 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 roster with with running backs and receivers and then pick up something like Baker Mayfield that late in the draft, you know, I'll take that all day long. So um, there you have it. Those are my those are my must-have quarterbacks for 2020. And we have Carson Wentz. We got Tom Brady. We got Baker Mayfield, and you know that's that's one of the things where I look at all the quarterbacks and what the potential could be, and I just feel like those guys just have have that potential to to 
exceed their their ecr and and do something great for your for your teams this year so there you have it um thank you so much for listening to today please like comment and share this podcast with your friends and family let's continue to grow this podcast on the next episode i will be discussing my must-have running backs for 2020 so don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode so you can also find us on social media on facebook and twitter at the gridiron pod and on instagram at gridiron fantasy football that's it for today Have a great day, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care.